This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hello and welcome to our Squeeze the Election series, your shortcut to the 2022 federal election. New South Wales, it's home to both leaders of our major parties and it's also our most populous state, home to a third of Australia's House of Representatives seats. So it's a big one and it's always the scene of some big important battles in a federal election. So in this episode, we're going to unpack the state of play. I'm Claire Kimball. It's a pretty obvious statement to say that New South Wales is crucial to the fortunes of the major parties. With so many seats, the major parties would basically need the rest of the country to be on board if the residents of New South Wales rejected their candidates. Yeah, and that's almost impossible to imagine. As we've already talked about, Victoria is pretty well locked into the Labor Party. Uh, and as we'll talk about in future episodes, Western Australia and Queensland have been pretty well locked in with the coalition in the past. Uh, but in the past, New South Wales has tended to go with the party that wins the election. ABC elections expert Anthony Green has pointed out that Labor has never won a federal election without also winning a majority of seats in New South Wales. And in the last 60 years, only twice has the coalition won office without also winning a majority of seats in the state. But there's a bit of an interesting asterisk on that one. Yeah, there is. Those two exceptions are the last two federal elections when the coalition was re-elected without winning a majority of seats in New South Wales. So despite that, there was a small swing to the coalition in New South Wales last time around. And before we get into the seats to watch in this election, let's just touch on the political vibe in the state. The state government is also currently held by the coalition. It's been in power since 2011 and is up to its fourth premier. Barry O'Farrell resigned after giving the state's anti-corruption commission ICAC the wrong steer about a bottle of wine that was gifted to him. Then Mike Baird did three years and he handed it off to his deputy Gladys Berejiklian. And then she resigned last year as a result of an ICAC investigation. Yeah, the state premier now is Dominic Perrottet. And look, there's a New South Wales state election next year, so there's plenty of time to get into <laughs> all of that. Uh, but the thing to know about the New South Wales Liberals is that there's been some epic factional battles at play, and that's built into picking candidates for this federal election. Yeah, it has been quite the saga, and it left the Liberals without locked-in candidates for a long time in five potentially winnable federal seats in New South Wales. Yeah, and it's also impacted three sitting members. Uh, those were Environment Minister Susan Lee, uh, Immigration Minister Alex Hawke and North Sydney MP Trent Zimmerman. Long story short, Prime Minister Scott Morrison, Premier Perrottet and also party elder Chris McDiven suspended the New South Wales division of the party and they forced through 12 pre-selections. That was legally challenged and it went all the way to the High Court and right on the knock of the election 
being called, the challenge was dismissed. Yeah, it was just days before the election had to be called that those candidates were locked in. Claire, it's usually the Labor Party that's associated with factions and none more so than in New South Wales. Yeah, the factions are a formalised part of political life in the Labor Party. So just to explain that a little bit, with the Liberals, its factions are more sort of groupings of interests around policy positions or personalities. And in Labor, it's a more structured way of looking at the right and the left. The rank and file membership of the Labor Party is more left-leaning, but there are more Labor MPs in Parliament who are of the right. And a fun fact on that, Julia Gillard and Anthony Albanese are the only two Labor leaders since 1967 to have come from the left faction. And that just shows how dominant the right is in the parliamentary wing of the Labor Party. Yeah, there you go. Let's just get back on track, though, and zero in on the seats to watch in New South Wales in this election. Let's draw a line and say that anything under 5% is marginal, and that's to say that the candidates in 2019 won the seat with a margin of less than 5%, so only about 5,000 votes in it or thereabouts. How many of those are in New South Wales? So for the coalition, there's four of them. That's Wentworth in Sydney's east. It's the most marginal on 1.3%. And then there's Reed, which covers the inner west and middle ring suburbs of Sydney. Uh, Robertson on the Central Coast and Lindsay in Western Sydney. How about for Labor? So there's nine of them that fit that criteria. Uh, Macquarie is the most marginal seat in the country on 0.2% and it covers the outer western and northern western fringe of Sydney. Uh, then there's Eden Monero, Dobell, Gilmore, Greenway, Hunter, uh, Parramatta, Richmond and Shortland. So there is a lot of marginal seats that Labor has to protect. And a lot of those seats haven't been part of the national conversation on electorates that are in play this time around. So a couple of things to note on that. The first is that this whole conversation about the election has been about the coalition being the underdogs. You know, Mm. Labor's up in the polls and it's the coalitions to lose. Um, The other thing to note is that there are some seats in there that Prime Minister Scott Morrison says he thinks that the coalition can pick up. Let's just take a look at what those ones are. So Macquarie, uh, that most marginal electorate in the country, is worth a crack for sure. Uh, Mm. It's right on the edge. But also Parramatta, it's on 3.5% to Labor. The longtime MP for Parramatta, Julie Owens, has retired. Uh, So it's got new candidates from the major parties. There's Andrew Charlton fronting up for Labor. He's an economist and a former advisor to Kevin Rudd. Uh, And then for the Liberals, it's businesswoman Maria Kovacic. Uh, Neither come from the electorate and there's been a lot said about that, particularly about Charlton, because he had a bit of a profile after working for Labor and also his role working for the consulting firm Accenture. And then let's take a look at Gilmore on the New South Wales South Coast. It was Labor's only gain in the 2019 election. The Liberals have Andrew Constance as their candidate. He was a minister in the New South Wales state government who was a vocal critic of Scott Morrison's response to the 2020 bushfires. He's up against Fiona Phillips, who won last time for Labor. Claire, let's then take a quick look at Hughes. 
So Morrison really wants Hughes back. It's held by Craig Kelly, who was elected in 2019 as a Liberal, but he left the party and he's now the leader of the United Australia Party. That's Clive Palmer's party. Uh, And the other job for the Liberals is to hang on to the seats where they're under pressure from those teal independents. Yeah, that's right. And in Sydney especially, there's a lot of buzz about the race in Wentworth between Liberal incumbent Dave Sharma and independent Allegra Spender. He's a former diplomat who won the seat from independent Dr. Karen Phelps in 2019. And then Spender is the daughter of fashion designer Carla Zampatti and former diplomat and MP John Spender. She's been working in the fashion business. Sharma has a margin of just 1.3%, so it's very much a contest that's in play. The other teal challenger of note in the state is Kylia Tink in North Sydney. She was the CEO of Camp Quality and also the Jane McGrath Foundation. She's taking on Trent Zimmerman, who's a leading member of the moderate faction in the Liberal Party. Zimmerman holds that seat by 9.3%, so she's got a big job ahead of her. And Larissa, there's one woman in Team Teal that we haven't mentioned. Uh, Zali Stegall in Warringah? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, She beat former Prime Minister Tony Abbott in 2019, and she was expected to come on under serious pressure this time around. But Warringah was one of those seats that was caught up in the infighting amongst Liberals uh, and that saw that three-person panel install Catherine Deves as the candidate. Uh, In this campaign, Deves has been accused of being transphobic, amongst other things. Uh, For context, she is a campaigner for keeping transgender women out of sport. So, you know, let's see how that goes on Election Day. We sure will. Lots to focus on when it comes to election day. It is a big state and there's a lot going on in New South Wales. I feel like we've only just touched the sides of it with this gallop through, Claire. (laughs) Yeah, if that. Uh, But if I was to pick two seats Labor is after and two on the coalition side, uh, I'm going to keep a close eye myself on Reid and Robertson uh, and also Gilmore and Parramatta. Good one. I'm keeping an eye on those teal races, particularly the one in Wentworth. It's expected to be close. It's such a tight margin there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Squiz the Election. Remember, if you have any questions about anything that we've covered in this episode or anything else in previous episodes, send your questions through to hello at thesquiz.com.au and we will have a crack at answering it on our Saturday podcast, Ask the Squiz. That's all for now. Until next time. A message now from our podcast partner, Hubble. You know what it's like. Your friend recommends a great film or TV show and you're excited to check it out, but suddenly realise you can't remember what she said it was. That's where Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L, comes in. It brings your streaming apps and free-to-air TV together into a single experience. You can easily search for your favourite content and keep track of what you want to continue watching. You can also watch free-to-air TV with or without an aerial using the integrated TV guide so you always know what's on and where. It's TV and streaming made easy. Go to hubble.com.au to find out more.